the first 11 verses of this chapter. So if you're reading it in your in your physical Bible, it's a it's a big chunk of the chapter that just seems to go on and on and on about really secular details about kings and these these city nations and the fact that Chedorlaomer was I guess taxing them or something they were uh, under his servitude and they got fed up with that in the 13th year they rebelled and uh, they formed a confederation of these kings five kings versus four kings and just it's interesting but there's no mention of god there's no mention of god's people there's there's really hardly any relevance until you get to verse 12 where it says and they took lot abram's brother's son who dwelt in sodom and his goods and departed and it really just struck me for some reason this morning as I was reading it again. It just struck me that the strong parallel, I, I believe, in our world, there's a whole lot going on in the secular world, on the world stage, out there. The headlines are full of, of we see it all, what's happening. And it seems to have no real relevance to us in the sense that these things are not really directed towards the church. I mean, we hear this argument from time to time. Uh, these these measures in some of these countries, you know, they're not directed towards the church. So we don't want to have a, a martyr complex. Uh, and I understand all that, and we don't want to necessarily be heaping to ourselves things that don't need to be heaped to ourselves. But they do affect the church. And just like in this passage here, all these kings, the confederation of them, them fighting with each other, it really didn't have anything to do with Lot, per se, obviously. But it certainly affected Lot. And so whatever we see happening in the world, though we may argue in our minds, this is not really directed towards Christians, I would say that it certainly affects Christians. It affects the church. And that's when it becomes relevant to us all. So the first point is that the things that are happening on the world scene, even if they are not necessarily directed towards God's people, they certainly affect God's people. Now we can make the case that the, the main actor behind everything that's happening on the world stage is the devil. And so there is a sense where he's using these things that seem to be separate or irrelevant to God's people. He's using them in a way to attack God's people. We can make that case as well. But this passage here seems to be a, a summary of the, the events of some kings and some city nations, and all of a sudden we see in verse 12, and they took Lot, Abram's brother's son, almost like a footnote. And by the way, it's Lot. It's not Abram that was affected. It was Lot. Who was Lot? He wasn't Abram's brother. He wasn't Abram's son. It was Abram's brother's son. Sort of like a very loose connection to this mighty man, 
Abram. And yet, it still mattered. It still mattered in the record of the Bible. And that gives us great comfort, I think, does it not? Because even in the extremities of the body, if we can put it that way, it matters to the Lord. The verse that came to mind was the verse that we all know, Are not five sparrows sold for two farthings, and not one of them is forgotten before God? But even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore ye are of more value than many sparrows. Luke chapter 12. And this should give us great comfort because even if we may seem like nobody's in the grand scheme of things, even in the context of the church, you know, we're just, you know, Joe Smith sitting there in the pew. Nobody really knows much about me or nobody really cares much about me, perhaps. But God takes note of every last one of his children. And I was reading, I came across an article. This was one of the articles that I was reading up last night. And I don't know why, but the Lord has put North Korea on my heart for some strange reason. Um, but I was reading this article about a man who had escaped North Korea only to land in a Chinese prison, and then he escaped the Chinese prison only to be caught and to be sent back to North Korea, where he's going to, he's in his 30s, he's, he's obviously going to be killed uh, in North Korea. Um, I read another article about Christians around the Christmas time where they are permitted, the, the officials, the soldiers, the, the police or whatever in North Korea are permitted to shoot on sight any Christian that is worshiping God during the Christmas season or Jesus Christ. And that whole season of Christmas, the December season, King Kim Jong-un has taken it to himself that this, they're supposed to be worshipping him or something to that effect. Anyway, there's some real persecution going on there. But this man that was um, recently sent back to North Korea, that didn't make the headlines. I had to go digging for that. Nobody knows. Nobody cares. And I don't know if he's a Christian. It didn't say but these Christians that are there in North Korea, they don't make the news. Nobody cares. But they're, they are at the extremities. Let's put it that way. And yet the Lord, the Lord knows and the Lord cares. And that, gives, that should give us all great comfort. But the, it goes on to say how, yes, Lot was captured. Abraham's brother's son. And... It comes to Abram's attention. Now, Abram's not part of this. He's not, he's not affected by any of this. He's living quite happily apart from it all. He sees the warring kings over there. Ah, but God's people are affected now. So Abram is brought into this. You see, Abram did not have the attitude like we can have sometimes. We see what's going on and whether it's North Korea or even in Canada where they just introduced another severe lockdown measure, no more than, what, 10 people indoor gathering. 
Yes, it affects everyone, restaurants, everyone, but it affects churches too. But we can look at that sitting down here in South Carolina where we have basically freedom and we're thinking, well, it doesn't bother us. It's a good thing we don't live up there, right? Or whatever. That was not the attitude of Abram. Abram had freedom. He was living without any of these problems. He could have said to himself, it's, it, it was kind of Lot's fault. He chose to live there. He chose to be there. But no, none of that. Abram felt himself confederate with God's people. And that verse comes to mind that we all know, Hebrews 13.3, Remember them that are in bonds as bound with them. That's why Puyan's email was so um, encouraging to me. Because this is, our, this, this is our, our sister. These are our brothers and sisters that are fleeing a country in, in adverse conditions. There should be something that pulls at us to, to certainly be praying for them, but being bound with them and them which suffer adversity as being yourselves also in the body. Well, this is what Abram did. And note what Abraham, Abram proceeded to do, which I find encouraging. In verse 14, When Abram heard that his brother was taken captive, he armed his trained servants, born in his own house, 318 and pursued them unto Dan. This is a man who was ready. He was ready. He was not asleep. He wasn't at ease in Zion, so to speak. Yes, he was living um, in a time of prosperity and in a time of peace, but he was ready. Look at it. They were trained servants born in his own house. This, this must have taken certainly a few decades at least for this for him to have been at this point of preparation they were trained he armed them and they were all in house if we can say it that way and it's an encouragement to me in particular because of this whole vault thing that we're trying to get off the ground and we're trying to detach ourselves from the the dependence that we all have on on these big tech giants and the cloud and i don't know it it just sort of struck a chord in my own heart when i saw that that he had these in-house trained servants to fight this battle and it wasn't a huge army and he divided himself against them he created some redundancy if I can say it that way, he divided himself against them, he and his servants, by night and smote them and pursued them unto Hobah, which is on the left hand of Dan Damascus. So he defeated the enemy. So the first point being that though the events on the world stage don't directly involve God's people, they certainly affect God's people. Second point being that God's people need to be confederated. We do. We we must not see these these brethren that we have in Canada or in the UK or in Europe or in the Far East and and see them as well that's sort of their problem. I feel I feel happy that 
we have freedom here. No, no. Let's learn from Abram. We are confederated with our brethren. Their problem becomes our problem. And then the third point is just at the end of the chapter, you see that Abram did not... Yes, he, he had his own trained servants. They were all in-house. And he did not want to take even a thread or a shoe latchet from the king of Sodom. He did not want the world to take any credit. And so the third thing I was thinking was, not only was he confederated <clears throat> with God's people, but he was separated from the world. Any of the world's methods? We don't want to use the world's methods for getting the job done. We don't want to use the world's money for getting the job done. And we don't want to use the world's manpower for getting the job done. He didn't want to have anything to do with the world and its tools. Not even a thread to a shoe latchet. He didn't want the world to take any credit for it. In other words, he wanted all glory to go to God. And it was to God be all the glory. Because even though Abram, humanly speaking, was the one who armed his own trained servants and went after them and put feet to his faith, it says in verse 20 that it was God which hath delivered thine enemies into thy hand. It was God that did it. One could argue and say, well, hang on, it was Abram who did it. He, he, he did all the preparation and the hard work, but ultimately, it's God that gives the victory. So, this is what we're praying for. This is why we're praying. We're praying that God will give us the victory.